You're listening to All Bets Are On with host Christopher Bowen. Folks, we got the band back together. I'm joined by my longtime buddy and co-host of this podcast when I worked for a former newspaper I no longer work with, Pat the man, the myth, the legend, the hell of a the hell of a better. How's life, my friend? How you doing? No, oh, hanging in there, bud. Hanging in there, you know, a little uh, a little crazy this year. Um twenty twenty, you know. Yeah, I was getting excited about March Madness and then the uh then the bottom fell out. And now I'm you know, you know, just uh, just taking it in stride, looking at uh you know, I found it funny that HBO uh, is deciding to air their uh, <laughs> NCAA documentary when everyone's at home. You know, I don't see a Bill Self documentary coming out about his text <laughs> messages. It's going to happen one of these days, buddy. One of these days. I know. Complete denial from the Kansas <laughs> program. Complete denial. I don't know. Is Bill Self doing anything wrong? I don't see it. I don't see it. <laughs> I know, buddy. Well, Jesus. It's been a uh, running trip on this podcast that, that's uh, dating back to my former employer that that was uh, probably going to be the case, man. But, uh, dude, how's uh, how, what are you betting on these days, man? How I know your uh, sports bet is extraordinary like yourself. How are you staying busy? Well, they, uh, the books have gotten creative. Uh, you can bet on the weather now. Um, fine. And there was actually a horse race this weekend uh, in Florida, of all places, uh, they decided, you know, let's not let any pandemics get in the way of the ponies. And uh, so everybody, all the uh, action sports emails and everything like that, there's a couple fights still happening across the world. But as for your boy, uh, he is, he's currently in a state of postponement on his gambling. Uh, to make matters worse, there's nothing really intriguing to throw uh, throw some money away on. Yeah, it is it is wild. I was gonna say, man, that's. I think that might be when the demarcation line between gambling enthusiast and gambling problem is when you go from gambling about actual sports to things like the weather. I think that's when you need to look yourself in the mirror. Not passing any judgment here, but I mean, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, yeah, it's probably for the best. The two children, you probably don't need to be throwing away. I was going to ask you, how's the, how, how's the wife and kids doing, buddy? Oh, they're doing good. They're doing good. It's potty treno. We took advantage of this uh, the quarantine to um, start potty training. So I got my almost two-year-old walking around like Porky Pig around the house. Uh, but it's coming along. That's a, that's a gamble in its own right. Um, you never know if she's going to make the toilet or not. But uh, we're on day four, and things are and things are picking up. Look there you go, man. You know, positivity in the time of pessimism. I'll tell you right oh, there. That's, absolutely, that's all we got left, bud. That's all we got. I left. know. So speaking of speaking of pessimism and not much optimism and not much reason to be excited, let's talk about the Pac-12 basketball season. So we're going to go into we're not, we're not going to go into the, the the thing in Vegas that never happened, as far as I'm concerned. We're going to go straight into a, a made-up bracket, the NCAA tournament by Jerry Palm of CBS. Yeah, I know you were from CBS one, by the way, not to interrupt you, but uh, <laughs> uh, I was like, this is like the worst bracket for Arizona. I think they got us in a nine seed. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I, I was getting so upset at the CBS, at the Jim Palm freaking bracketology. I was looking at nothing but ESPN as much as it pained me, despite the fact I deleted that app for the CBS app. Um, but yeah, this is, let's, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's see Tyler. what we got. 
I'm curious to get your take on this, man. Who do you got? Uh, let's just since we're a Pac-12 podcast at heart, well, how do you see the Pac-12 teams doing? Okay, so let's go down the line here. All right, well, should we start? Should we start at the top? Um, let's, let's do it, buddy. All right. Well, we got Midwest, uh, where they did a huge favor to Arizona State um, in this bracketology and put them against Florida at a nine seed. Florida is one of those teams that reminded me a lot of uh, U of A this year, where they, they had moments of brilliance, uh, but for the most part were a letdown, a preseason ranked team, um, coming in at the ninth seed, kind of sneaking into the tournament after a very, very dismal start. Um, I think that the physicality and the able uh, of Florida and just the way their style of play doesn't really um, – doesn't really help out Arizona State's cause. Um, and with the past track record of Bobby Hurley in the tournament, I could not see a hypothetical Arizona State team at an eight seed even getting past the first weekend, um, unless they were just absolutely on fire, um, you know, from from shooting behind the arc. And then Remy Martin has one of those games where they didn't watch film the entire week working up to this thing, and he's allowed to drive to his right every single freaking possession and just get those easy layups. But I have a feeling Florida uh, would curb that and make the rest of the team really beat them. Um, so I, I got Arizona State one and done. in this. <laughs> as impressed as I was, you know, you know I'm not a huge ASU guy, um, but I'm not as impressed. I, I, I was impressed with the season overall and the comeback. You know, the same thing with Cronin. Uh, at UCLA, they both really caught fire at the right time. But, you know, SEC teams are just so much more physical. Um, and when you go into the officiating and how the Pac-12 officiating, how they call tic-tacs and how they don't do that in the SEC and how that can play into this game as well, where they wouldn't be getting the calls they'd normally get. Um, and even if they won, uh, you've got the number one overall seed, Kansas, waiting in the wing second, you know, second game. I, one and done, definitely not getting past Kansas in this bracket. I, no way. No way. Yeah, I know the feeling, man. If I had uh, – I used the same bracket, obviously, and then I thought it was a little hilarious. He had UCLA and Stanford playing in the first four as if, uh, you know, the Pac-12's uh, image can't get any worse than literally putting them two, – two of the teams against each other in the first four, eliminating one team automatically. But, uh, yeah, I thought that uh, – I had Florida over ASU. I had Arizona over Marquette. I, I agree. I think Arizona's a six or a seven, not an eight or nine. Uh, I had USC over Indiana because Indiana doesn't even deserve to be in the tournament. Colorado over Houston. Oregon over New Mexico State. And then I have UCLA falling to BYU just because BYU, I felt, was criminally underseated as well. Oh, uh, and that, that was, that's the most ridiculous one out of all of these on the West Coast. Yeah. BYU, I, I don't know. I, interesting pick to have Houston – I mean, I think Houston, yeah, they had a couple bad games, but overall in the American, they looked like one of the best teams in the American. And Colorado. Yeah. I mean, Colorado, really, what a disappointment. Yeah, that team. I know. This just, just sick me. Um, and really made us, that walloping of them look so bad, like, you know, like like it was nothing – as they just really, I mean, what happened there? What is your what is your take on Tad Boyle losing his team? Like, just you know, not to segue too far off, but I want. I mean, to, that's what I've been dying to, to talk to you about is what happened. You know, you're the closest to Colorado. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've seen Tad Boyle up close and personal for years now, being a Colorado <laughs> State alum and everything. And 
I've seen Tad Boyle melt down with the best of them. And I got to tell you, I think McKinley Wright's a great player. I thought there was no chemistry. The couple games I got to see of them actually playing, I didn't, I didn't feel like they were a senior-led team. I felt like they were kind of in the same boat as Arizona with a bunch of kids that were good players, but that kind of at times tried to all go, you know, their separate ways, and none of them wanted the ball uh, when the game mattered the most. I mean, I didn't get to watch a lot of CU this year, but my my take on them is that there was a lot of betas and not a lot of alphas. There's a lot of people that, uh, you know, that, that were happy to put up 20 shots a game, but it's, when the going got tough, they all wilted, you know? And oh, yeah, and that's I, exactly Besides McKinley Wright, I mean, really nobody else. And, and everyone yeah. essentially did the Prayton Pritchard um, technique of, okay, they're going to – he's going to get his points. You know, we'll put our best player on him, um, but we're going to make the rest of the team beat us in the games that they weren't successful in. And the rest of the team just couldn't help him out at all. I mean, it mm-hmm. just, you know, and defensive miscommunications that were just clutch. I mean, down the line, I mean, they lost a couple close ones, but overall blown away. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. For a senior, a supposedly senior-led team, I mean, where was the chemistry that everyone was talking about preseason about this team taking the Pac-12? Well, I, uh, I didn't see it at all. It was just a baffling, baffling Pac-12 season. Um, besides... I mean, in Oregon, I mean, Oregon gets some some high marks throughout the season, but really, I'm fascinated to see what they're going to do without Braden Pritchard. Um, Good point. You know, I mean, well, is that a guy that came out of nowhere for you? I mean, I watched him play last year, and I thought he was a good point point guard that was kind of slightly above average and kind of able-bodied, but not, you know, I didn't see anything amazing from the guy. And then this year, he comes out there and, yeah, you know, really, I, I think his, the last two years he really reminded me a lot of what T.J. McConnell was for yeah. us in his final two years at the U of A, a, a very good player that can lead his team and knock down some clutch shots. But this year he turned into Kemba Walker. Um, yeah. like, it was just unstoppable. I mean, he was just a force. That showing that he put on in McHale was, uh, I mean, apex mountain of his career. I mean, we'll see how he does in the NBA. Um, but, my God, I – to do that in probably the toughest place to play in the Pac-12, whether you're a U of A fan or not, you have to agree that McHale is a tough place to come into. Um, with that much sandstorm, Darude coming through every commercial break, <laughs> that'll get to the that'll get to the best of them. Um, and uh, I just he was he was just unreal. I mean, just unreal and everything. And I mean, not just the U of A games I watched, but the other games I watched with him. I mean, you could count this team out. And really, the only like when you look at losses, uh, it was really just this cold game that ASU lost. He got into foul trouble a little early, um, and eventually ended up fouling out. I think with four minutes left, which had kudos to Bobby Hurley to you know try to try to get him in foul trouble. But that I mean, besides that, there was no other stopping it um, unless unless you had the Pac-12 refs bail you out on things that should have been blocks, calling call up charges. You you really had no luck against them. There's nothing you could do. I mean, yeah, for sure. That. And what, uh, like, who, did you have anybody from the Pac-12 making it beyond, uh, making it to that second weekend, to the Sweet 16, to the Elite Eight, et cetera? You know, I'm not a big Penn State guy um, by any means. But uh, Oregon, I just see, New Mexico State's not a pushover either. I mean, we saw what they did. Obviously not the same team from last year that almost took Auburn out of the tournament before they made that Final Four run. But to... I mean, looking at their bracket, so, you know, hypothetically, Stephen F. Austin had their games. I don't think Penn State looked really good when they were on. Um, but 
I think they could. I think they could give Gonzaga a fight if they could get through there. And granted, Houston doesn't go down to you know Houston is able to uh, doesn't beat Gonzaga. Uh, but I mean, the bracket just looks so tough um, for for Oregon wise. You're looking at. Um, yeah, I mean, are you getting into the second weekend? I mean, I don't even want to look at the second weekend. So Oregon's got to go against Gonzaga. You've got Arizona going against Baylor, which is an intriguing matchup because Arizona, you know, really, despite the fact playing an awful half against them, if, they, if Arizona played two complete halves, I think they could hang with Baylor. But once again, the officiating is a little different, and you're not going to get those 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 light calls that they're used to. So Arizona, I could see them get beaten Marquette because Marquette was, you know, as much as the Big East is, is the powerhouse now, I really feel like in college, college basketball. Uh I just have a tough time seeing Arizona, this team that's so inconsistent, winning two games in a row in a weekend, um, considering we couldn't do it against much lesser talent at, uh, during the Pac-12 season. Yeah, I mean, really the whole season, if you look at it. But So you go there. We already discussed ASU. Colorado, no way. I don't. I mean, Colorado, the road ends at Gonzaga. There's just no way of that. Um, UCLA, I'm trying to figure out. So UCLA goes into the West, and they're – against BYU, because um, I think UCLA beat Stanford. I think they got enough together there. I mean, Stanford, a great story this year, but if they were going to have to face off, I'm taking UCLA all day on that, just with momentum alone and buying into Mick Cronin's playing style. Uh, he, I, I don't know if I could say one Pac-12 team makes it past the first weekend confidently. Besides, I mean, Oregon, if Penn State had a bad game, um, I could see Oregon beating them, and then Creighton Pritchard essentially doing the same thing as Campbell Walker did that one year for UConn, where he just kind of wills his team through, and there's nothing they can do. Gonzaga, I mean, I, I don't want to say overrated, but expected, I guess, for the West. I mean, probably the best team in the West, but still, I didn't think undefeatable. I mean, they a good team, but I mean... There were some games this year that you looked at and you're like, hmm, is Mark Few really that great? I, I don't know. I don't know. Who's your yeah. number one overrated one seed? Jeez, that's a good question, man. I, mean, I, I think KU is, is – I'm not saying they're overrated. I'm saying they're, you know, the way they played going into it. I think Baylor, honestly, because I think Gonzaga is one of those teams that could beat anybody – uh, I, I think Dayton right now, the way they were playing, heading into the tournament, kind of same thing. Oh, big KU, same thing. About this whole thing, not to interrupt you, but that's the, the, yeah. the fact that Dayton didn't get to see March, the way they played was, mm-hmm. was just unreal. Was yeah, just unreal. Cruel, honestly. I, it's, I mean, they're never going to – that's essentially, yeah. I mean, when are you going to get a team like that again in Dayton? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good question, man. I mean, good question. It's going to be a long time, I think. But, yeah, I mean, I – I had I penciled in Arizona and Oregon to the Elite Eight just because I see Arizona, like you said, matching up. Real, I mean, we saw how they matched up with Baylor uh, at Baylor. I think they get them again on a neutral court, and I agree with you that God knows they're they're they're. Uh, I mean, but they're miss team, but yeah, they get it together. Are, but they're championship kids. These are all kids that you know that won championships in their high school program that knew when it was game time to play. I mean, that's what I kept falling back on is. Nothing really matters till March. Mm. And now nothing matters at all. But uh, <laughs> yeah, 
But, you know, it, it was really a shame to not get to see him because the way they came out against Washington in, in just a dominant fashion, it really showed, you know, they got their head on, this is March basketball, let's let's start playing, you know, no no time for silly mistakes. So, I mean, if they made it that past Baylor, I don't see Ohio State was hot and cold. Uh, Butler, once again, is another hot and cold team. And then you're looking at, I mean, the one that scares me out of the entire South bracket is Florida State, despite the fact yeah. that a lot of the national media wasn't super high on them. I saw nothing but nice things from Florida State. I mean, even in the loss to Virginia, this team was the scrap, that, probably the scrappiest team in the country. Uh, just rough and tunnel, beat you up kind of team, uh, which I would see Arizona having some trouble with and maybe, you know, losing to them in the Elite Eight. Uh, yeah. But that's, that, I, I agree with you there. If, if you can make it past that Baylor team, I think the road is pretty clear all the way to. Uh, Actually, that'd be the would that be the lead eight or the sweet sixteen? That'd be the lead eight. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. looking at it right. Yeah, and so I mean that's the same thing. I had. I had Arizona making it to the lead eight, losing to Florida State. But I'm curious, man. Uh, what are your who are your final four teams in that bracket? So all right, so let's go boring first and foremost. Uh, you got the East, which is just a pretty loaded load. Oh, we didn't even talk USC. Funny enough, yeah, they, they mm-hmm. don't do. They, yeah. they, they probably they, they, they could yeah. beat Indiana, yeah, and then get to Villanova and just go there. So I see cash. You know, you you look at so let's let's start with the Midwest. Um, not impressed with Duke this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that another team that just lost some games that were just puzzling. Uh, Kentucky and Kansas would have been fascinating as a. That's a sweet 16 game. But I think Kansas makes it through a very tough Midwest. I could see Auburn upsetting Dayton, just getting hot behind the arc and upsetting Dayton again. I could see Auburn going back to it. I just like Bruce Pearl so much, and I think he makes adjustments and, and gets his guys running. I don't think Dayton had seen that kind of volume, maybe since the St. Louis game where they played at St. Louis. And really, that I think it went to two overtimes. Uh, so let's go with the uh, the, the five seed Auburn going back, and then if we're talking West, San Diego State at the two is very intriguing. I think Florida State is my South pick, obviously, and gosh, Seton Hall. Seton Hall is the other one. Thanks. So got, I like Seton Hall this year. I mean, they have it's college basketball, so everyone's going to have a couple bad games in there, and I'm not going to hold people to the fire. Um, but oh shoot, you got Louisville and Auburn four and five. Yeah, most likely after Louisville throat stomps Liberty, which I would have loved to watch that game. God, Liberty, mm-hmm. least mm-hmm. favorite school in the country. Yes, sir. Richie McKay and and company going going down big time. I have a feeling. Do they still have freaking gay conversion therapy freaking classes offered at uh, at Liberty? Wouldn't that surprise one? me. It's, it's run by Jerry Falwell Jr. Man, I don't think anything would surprise me. Who do you so we all right? So you heard mine. So we got we got Kansas. We got I'm swapping out Auburn for Louisville, and for my ACC team because you've got to have an ACC. Well. Two ACC teams, Florida State, Louisville, 
and then you got Seton Hall making the run of runs this year. Uh, so Kansas, Seton Hall, Louisville, and that's, is that my four? Yeah, and Florida State. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, mine, KU, Florida State, Dayton, San Diego State. So San Diego State. I, I, I love that team. I, it was a great, let's be real, I mean, defensively, what else do you want? Yeah, I mean, I mean perfect it's, defensive team. It's going to be a 40-minute rock fight when you play them, just like it used to be. I mean, Dosher has picked right up. I mean, you can tell he's a Steve Fisher disciple of all disciples. I mean, I watched that team play, and I think back to the glory days of, of, of Kawhi Leonard and that team. It was literally, I mean, I watched him play when I was a college state in person. And it was it was like watching. I mean, it, it was like watching a team take you to the you know take you to the schoolyard and beat the living bejesus out of you. And I think this team, same thing. They got all those those experienced transfers, including Lachie Flynn from uh, from Washington State. And man, I think I think that they would have gone to this tournament and just beaten the living bejesus out of everybody. Man, I, I think Bill might have underestimated them. That would have been a that would have been a real fun matchup. Um, if we got to see. I would have loved to see an Iowa-San Diego State game. would have been phenomenal. Um, seeing, like, a more offensive gear team, Steve Hall. Or, I mean, that, that bracket down there at the bottom, Sacramento and Albany, is like, just a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm, this tournament, we got robbed of a hell of a tournament because there was no dominant team this year, and so it would have just been uh, fun, 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 fun. Yeah. A flip yeah, a point been... all the way through. I mean, you really could – I mean, Iowa even had some remarkable games uh, this year where they looked like one of the better teams in the country as well. Like, mm-hmm. But San Diego yeah, State, Luke Garza, you know. But I always feel like there's one one and two seed that doesn't make it, you know, the uh, doesn't make it past the, the Sweet 16. So, you know, you got to – I had to pick one. I guess I picked a few here. I guess I picked – I got to pick a few here now. I'm looking at it, but yeah, it would have been fun. To, I, I San Diego State and Dayton are the two teams I, I just feel off for. Yeah, um, just memorable years that you're never going to get back. Really, exactly. Who do you have winning the championship? I wanted to say Florida State, but I think that Azabuki is such a force, and that Kansas team is just so complete. Letting like with his dominance down low, when they were playing their best, um, and opening up the guards to kind of do what they want. Is that the guards on that team aren't any, you know aren't schmucks either? I just find it hard for teams that have never seen them. I feel like all their losses came against teams that saw them a second time, but seeing them for the first time and really dealing with that. Um, Bill Self is showing what you really do with a uh, once in a generation big man that. Miller was not able to do with eight. Granted, there were some distractions that year, but he's the dream. And I just think it was a team of destiny. I mean, but anyone, I, you know, and anybody that could do it all, I'd say Dayton, Louisville, uh, Florida State, Gonzaga, Seton Hall, San Diego State, uh, all could have done it this year. I didn't even get to the top. And then Virginia coming in at six, God. Awful. But, right yeah. So, but I'll go. I'll just go. I, it's not, you know, it's not groundbreaking. But I would say Kansas if I was a betting man. That's funny. You and I had the same pick. I had Kansas narrowly eking out a victory over Dayton in the championship. 
which would have been a great oh my gosh. And with the Dayton team, talk about never give up die hard team. I mean those guys play you know, they play forty minutes of basketball. Yeah. Fifty minutes sometimes when they need to. Like I that that team was just so much right. The the St. Louis game on the road in the hostile environment and Grand St. Louis didn't make the tournament, but they were they're a phenomenal team in the AAC and uh or wait. No, A ten. Yeah, A ten I mean. Um and they were they gave Dayton everything they could handle and Dayton still somehow found a way to win that game. I mean, against all odds. And and seeing mm-hmm. that and seeing teams that they they struck me as the one team this year that had been, you know, punched in the face and came back in one game. Uh but most intri- I mean, what's your most intriguing matchup? Mine's the oh, man at Kentucky. Yeah, man. There's so many. I mean, if we're just gonna do the first round only, I think. Uh, I think. I think Louisville Liberty would have been interesting. I think Arizona Marquette would have been fascinating. Uh, you know, Virginia Wichita would be interesting. Uh, even even Duke versus Little Rock. I think Little Rock could have put the fear of God into Duke. And uh, you know, I mean, team for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. who's watching Little Rock? Mm-hmm. I mean. Hey man, that's where Chris Beard went. Started his coaching, well, started his college coaching career before he uh, moved right up that ladder to Texas Tech. But I know, man, that's a good question. I think there's a lot of good games that were going to help. It, it was just such a wide open year. I mean, anybody you could have seen that. This is the year you could see no. I could see no one seed making the Elite Eight uh, or the Final Four at least, and I could see all one seeds. I mean, what, it wouldn't surprise me either way. There were no dominant teams, and it just would have been your ultimate just roll the dice and see what happens kind of tournament. Yeah, I I agree with you. It's just it, it's a real shame. We'll see. I mean, but get excited about next year. Kind of segue into I guess our our next portion here. Uh, so we got uh, we got our final four out of the way. Who's your national player of the year, and who's your coach of the year? That's another one I had t- I struggled with. I was back and forth, obviously between Marcus Howard. Uh, Obi Toppin and then Peyton Pritchard and any of those in any order would be fine by me. I would have no problem with picking any of them, number one. But I went with Toppin at Dayton just because of the fact they had literally from started from the bottom you know, to, to being possibly a national championship team. He had such an incredible year. And then Peyton Pritchard was second for me. And then Marcus Howard, never disrespect to the Phoenix, Arizona local. Uh, but he was third on my on my board. And then coach the year, I had Brian Dutcher, same thing, just barely eking out the victory over uh, Anthony Grant, but there's a lot of good coaches there to to to, to yeah, buy for that that award as well. A ton. I mean, you look at it, and uh, you got yeah, gosh. I mean, you're looking at yeah, Dayton, Dayton. I mean, is Azubuki the the player of the year? Yeah, yeah, I could see that for I sure. Mean, it, seems uh, like, it seems like I might just lean it on Kansas for everything in this hypothetical. So that's what I feel. Like. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey man. But uh, it's got to be it's got to be Dayton or San Diego State for Coach of the Year. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I don't I don't see anybody else even coming close to the jobs that they did this year. Um, Yeah, Yeah, for sure, man. I was going to ask you though, you got any uh, got any wild hot takes you want to throw out there for what do you think is going to happen during the off season? Uh. I'm very interested to see what happens. So the star did a whole write-up on that HBO special. Mm. Um, and apparently it's, it's pretty damning for Will Wade and Chuck Miller. So 
we'll see. I mean, this is stuff that the NCAA already saw and that I'm sure the uh, athletics department is familiar with. So I, right now it's, it's been ride or die since then, but apparently there's uh, been a fair amount of, uh, of wiretaps that are played on that, that they say the, I forget the name of the Yahoo writer, but he was saying it's going to make it very hard to defend Will Wade or Sean Milner. But who knows in this era um, where Bill Self is caught red-handed and uh, the university is completely behind him on it. And uh, and we get uh, kind of from there. Like I, So I see that. I, Kansas, uh, Arizona, and LSU will be really intriguing to see what happens with those programs. Um, with that coming out um, and what the NCAA does with, I mean, we're in unprecedented times with this pandemic. Uh, and then all of a sudden you got athletics programs closed down. I was reading the, you know, a couple of the, the university blogs and with recruiting on hold, um, it kind of opens it up if you wanted to make a coaching change because you're not losing any time. You know, a lot of the time they'd be like, well, I don't want to make a coaching change uh, because these guys should be on the road. But with, everything kind of shut down and on halt, it makes it a lot easier for universities to make a change, uh, which is a little crazy, which, so we'll see. I mean, nothing too bold. I, I think right now the world is looking for stability and I don't see universities really looking to make drastic changes this off season, especially with everybody leaving the season with so many what ifs that, uh, We'll just uh, we'll just have to go and see it. So I really don't. I wish I had something for this pod that was a little more exciting, but I really don't. I, I, I you know, but if anyone can show it, you know, you take a good coach out of Cincinnati, McCronin, and put him in UCLA in a namesake program. And this guy, I mean, it, the wheels took a little while to get going, but uh, I'm going to be scared of them for a long time after seeing what he did. Uh, in a matter of one season to turn that, that program around completely. I mean, even with the start with, you know, finally getting these guys to buy in. So I think it's going to open up a lot of people's minds. You know, maybe I've been sitting on this coach for a while, but, you know, if I can just address the U of A thing, uh, you know, the question is who you, who you want to pay. I mean, we don't have endless dollars. What is Dana Altman's freaking salary is twice as much as Sean Miller's. I, you know, you got to you get what you pay for for an extent. And I think next year will be probably Sean Miller's final year if, if we don't get a tournament win, considering it's been 2015, 2016. Um, that's the last one, I think. Yeah. Hey, man, you're definitely wrong. I mean, it's uh, it's wild times for everybody, I think. And it wouldn't, I mean, I, I had that written down uh, about, you know, I think the FBI probe kind of is chiseling. I, I, I'm curious to see if anything happens in the Showtime or HBO, whoever it is. Uh, series. I'm not. I'm not. I read the same article you did uh, about it, and you know, it's, it's a lot of smoke and smoke. There's different mirrors in there as well. But I'm not too confident. I think. I think Larry Scott's contract doesn't get renewed. Uh, I think the Pac-12. I think you're seeing a lot more resentment, a lot more anger, and a lot more uh, awakening from the, from the leadership group of the Pac-12 as to the the sorry state of the conference compared to other teams right, and other conferences. But then again, I mean, who knows, man? After the time, after coronavirus is over, uh, that might there might be a lot more um, uh, a lot more 
I guess, re-examining uh, priorities and everything. But I agree with you, man. I, mean, I, I told, as we said last year in the podcast, you, you mentioned uh, UCLA, man. And I, I told him, I, I, I remember saying on this podcast, but this time last year, I said this might be the best thing that ever happened to him, that all these bigger name guys turned down the job and they ended up going with a Mick Cronin because, uh, you know, it, it was a risk, but I said, you know, if it works, it, it's going to work. And you know, I got to tell you, based on that second half of the season, if they can carry that over to next year, they could do something special. But, I mean, who knows? Uh, I just hope we can play play sports again soon. But now let's. I think that's a that's a good spot. I think that's a good spot to uh, to, to leave it at. I think uh, can't wait for sports again because I'm going insane. Yeah, same here, buddy. Well, there are Tyler, you distractions from this. I can't even look at my news feed without being like, my God, if I I get it, I'm at home. We're all very aware of the COVID-19. I'm, uh, we do need the current information, but my God, it'd be nice to have a couple distractions. Now they got a Kentucky Derby postponed to September. I mean, you're not even going to have a triple crown announced until September, which is crazy. First time. I don't know. I don't know the last time that's happened. I'd have to look yeah. that up. Private the war or something, but yeah, I know, man. Well, you know, you and I can now that that there's good news for the fact that our schedule have opened up. I guess it's that we can continue to yeah. restart this podcast. Uh, let's and, get uh, this podcast going again, bud. Let's yeah, just talk after, about it because all we got to look forward to is the future. So let's yeah, uh, exactly. Well, maybe we can uh, maybe we can yeah take a little take a little look, examine teams coming into next year and for the Pac-12 and maybe beyond. I mean, we'll just see. Maybe we start with the Pac-12 and just kind of move our way up. Yeah, for sure. Where well, that takes us. For so. sure. Well, Tyler, I appreciate you cutting, make, cutting some time out of your busy schedule to chat with me, my friend. And anytime, uh, sir. Anytime, sir. The, the the clock stops for Christopher Bone. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, for Tyler Von Drack, just like good old times, for Tyler Von Drack and Christopher Bone. Until I don't know. We'll probably do this again next week or whatever. I've got nothing but time right now. So until the next time we talk to you, for Tyler Von Drack, Christopher Bone, all bets are on. We'll see you later. <laughs>